Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 12.02 on a Sunday afternoon. As Booker T and the MGs depart the building, you've heard this song before. You know how it ends. Actually, maybe you don't actually know. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> we ever have played the ending. No, it just goes forever. It does. It does. But uh, what a commitment to uh, to playing those instruments. Thank you, Booker T and the MGs. Thank you, scientists. Thank you, doctors. Thank you, Triple R. And hello, Matt Stedman. Hello, Cameron Smith. Hello. You're looking uh, healthy and happy on a Sunday. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's not what I said when you came well, in. Well, no, yeah, I think you're faking it really well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. If you can't make it, fake it. Yeah. Uh, I'm hungover uh, <laughs> from, from yesterday. I'm, I'm just going to nail my colours to the mast. Might have drunk a little bit too much. You were saying there was like a... Watching the televisual thing. A 7% Doppelbock beer or something in the mix, and that's what cooked you, and then... That was what, uh, yeah, the pressure cooked me, cooked me, (laughs) and floored me. Beware the 7% Doppelbock beer. Yeah. It's too much. It is. It's too much. Anything over five percent. I mean, a bit much. In a we beer. were we were talking about that. How Cooper's Red is like heroin. It's like five point five is at Cooper's Red. I used to drink. That used to be my standard drink, and now I'm like, yeah. oh, that's, oh, that's a lot. Mid strength beer for me, thanks. Yes, just a little mid strength beer. Yes, good for the tummy. Yeah, good for the brain too. But uh, it was an extraordinary night last night for obvious reasons, which uh, we don't need to go into here because no. uh, we'd be. Um, transgressing from our lane. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about the world game. Oh, I have a go at it sometimes, don't I, Matt? Yeah, it's true. When you allow me, when you drag me (laughs) off the soapbox. Cam, the soapbox, off it. Um, So, yeah, we we shan't be doing that. No. But uh, we do have a jam-packed show for Mm. you today. Uh, We have a real live guest, like proper radio stations have. Yep. Her name is Danny Vont. Yes. And um, she's a bloody ripper. Food writer. Food writer extraordinary. She eats. She enjoys eating. Yes. Um, in fact, she's heading off to brunch as soon as she finishes with oh, us. Yeah. And uh, she's been looking deeply into the cafe scene, so we might talk to her a little bit about that. Yes. Um, about supporting your local restaurants, local restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we'll see where we go with, mm. a, with a chat with her. Mm-hmm. We've kind of known each other for a while, so I think we... We should be okay. Yes. Should be all right. Uh, we return to the Queen Victoria Market to see John. As the seasons continually change. As the world turns and the seasons change. <laughs> you said you got some good globe artichokes from John. I No, I was just, I was, admiring I, I was just admiring them from afar. Yes. They were humongous. Right. They were like a lawn, the size of about a lawn bowl. Oh, wow. Yeah, like they're big. Wow. Like, yeah. you peel one of those, you're going to get a heart. You <laughs> yes. really will. Um, or if you're going to throw them into some acidulated water, you're going to have a, a lot of fun deconstructing it with a uh, artichoke vinaigrette. Mm-hmm. But we'll hear from John and what's mm-hmm. going on there. And, um, and then we have uh, our wine scribe, mm-hmm. uh, the purveyor of great Ryan Riesling, Duncan Buchanan. Yes. Who um, will be... Uh, 
espousing on the word of the day, inflorescence. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that means. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, good. I'm stumped. Stumped already. Uh, very, very important to... Uh, uh, what have we got? Uh, winemakers, more the uh, in the crops. Mm. So, uh, yes, very important for someone who's looking after right. uh, vineyards. All the grapes. And uh, inflorescence. Uh, what the weather does now will affect next year's crop. Because so, it's been a funny old spring. Oh, it's been years it's of been it. It's been cold years. and windy and then warm for two hours and then cold again. Grey. Don't forget grey. Very grey. Yeah, grey. So, anyway, we uh, we won't want to give the game away too much. Yep. Uh, but also, Duncan will be espousing the uh, the idea of for Christmas this year, as you um, think of a celebratory glass. There you mm. go. I got that out. Um, it's a great idea to think local and maybe support your local industries. Yes. A bit of a theme for today, perhaps. Yeah, it could be. could be, mm. as well as inflorescence. <laughs> um, uh, why don't we do a... Uh, What's that in your mouth? Thank you very much. What's that in your mouth, folks? What are you eating, Cameron? What are you, what, what, what's on your fork? Um, <laughs> well, um, I completely went uber Italian, shall we say. Oh. Uber peasant. Yes. Like, man, I've been, like, you know, I've been doing my little thing on Instagram, which has gone since lockdown started. Yep. Right? Yep. What's your Instagram handle if we're looking for you? Uh, it's uh, Cam Smith Eat It. Cam Smith Eat It. Yeah, with a few underscores. Cam Smith, you see me with the headphones on. I haven't posted this image. I'll do it later on this other. But mm-hmm. um, one of the little hashtags that I've been sort of developing over the lockdown years mm-hmm. was cook like a peasant. Yes. Right? Because the whole thing about when we first went into lockdown and no one knew what was going to happen with COVID. Ingredients were short and money was short. Money and, was short and mm. uh, and I thought, well, I need to adopt a Italian peasant lifestyle. Yes. <clears throat> or Chinese, actually, because I, I did, did a bit of that. But it was very simple cooking and, mm. and uh, I now have, you know cans of things that are probably still in the pantry from that, <laughs> if I'm honest. But I... I just nailed this recipe. Uh-huh. It was orecchetti yep. with cimaderapi. Oh, hang on. Am I saying that right? Cimaderapi. Um, so um, rape is related to broccoli. It's, yep. a, it's a bitter herb. Yep. It's, you know, if you think of um, derogatory Aussies looking at Italians go, they bloody eat weeds. Oh. These are one of those delicious weeds. Yes. It's also really, really good for you. It's basically... Orecchetti, so yep. the little ears. Yep. With um, um, a, a sort of a, almost like a broth in there that has a little bit of anchovy that you dissolve in. Ooh. It has garlic in there that gets cooked in the olive oil slowly, mm-hmm. slowly, slowly. And it has a little bit of chili in there for some heat, mm-hmm. for some sunshine. Mm. Huh? And um, and it was basically what you do is you boil water, you put the rape in there for about a minute till mm-hmm. it's softened. These are just the leaves, not the stalks. Mm-hmm. Put them aside. In another pan, you've got olive oil with, as I said, garlic, um, anchovies, and chili. Chili added a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, you just sort of slowly cook that so the garlic takes on that beautiful. It goes into the oil. 
It's beautiful. The anchovy dissolves. I love how anchovies your, do that, yes. Yeah, and even for someone who hates anchovies, they'll never know. No. Because it's just this little lick of umami mm-hmm. or glutamates that come through. And then what you do is you've, you've got your, your rape, which has been cooked for a minute. and It's, it's blanched. Put, yeah, on the side. Mm-hmm. Then you put in your oriketti into the water that yes. you've cooked the rape because ah. it's very, very good for you. Yes. Stir it for about five minutes. Then what you do is then you take about a cup of the water out, put that into the pan with what was in the pan. Just checking you've been paying attention. <laughs> it was garlic and chili and anchovies. Yes, you got it. And then so you and then you hit that with some high heat. So then you get an emulsification. Ooh. This is like you know the cacio pepe or the uh, aguolio. Mm-hmm. Sorry, folks, are from my Italian because I know it's I'm murdering it. I, I, I'll just say that. But then so you're doing that, and then you're cooking the orecchetti a little bit more, but it's still al dente, right? Mm. Then you put it all together and then boil hard. Mm. So you've got the um, the mixture of the flavours with the orecchetti and then the rape on top and then to that you add a little bit of brunoise of preserved lemon for the oh. ding, treble lift. Yes. And um, the secret to these pastas that I've learned, the one thing that I can tell you, mm. dear listener across there, is when you serve it, mm. Always serve it wetter than you think it should be. Because by the time it gets to the table, Uh the pasta is going... (laughs) It's slurping it all up. So... Oh my god, it was so good. So anyway, it was um, that was my Oriketti experience, and I'm sorry I did have to show uh, John because I was like a proud parent, and I think <laughs> he'll mention it during market reports. So anyway, that was it. Um, what have you been eating? Oh, I was gonna I was gonna talk about potatoes, but we're out of time. Let's. Uh, oh, give us something! Oh, right. Come on! I was going to talk about uh, <laughs> a, a, one of the best things. The dauphinoise. Yeah, one of the best things to happen p- to a potato. Yeah, you get your humble spud. Yeah, you can do a lot of things with a spud. Oh. But you can also do this, and, and don't tell your GP you're about to do this because mm. it's it's a sometimes food. This right? is not everyday food. No, but this is a Anthony Bourdain recipe for uh, gratin dauphinois. Um, and you basically you you slice the spuds into sort of one centimeter slices, yes, a bit yes. of chunkiness. Nice. And then you boil the spuds up. Yes. In cream, full cream. Whoa! And you add to the uh, to the cream. You add a couple of smashed cloves of garlic. You get yes. In there, and yes. I guess what chefs would call aromats, but I would just say herbs. So <laughs> you, know, you just get some rosemary, get or, some or parsley. Or if you're an American, you'd call. Herbs. Herbs. Dude, it's got an H in it, but anyway, so we'll go and on. And that'll flavour the cream quite nice. A little yeah. bit of rosemary, a bit of time. Parsley. Time would time, work. Time, definitely. Yes. Yeah, and you j- so you're just boiling up these spuds mm. in cream with your garlic and your herbs for about 10 minutes. Mm. Then you fish all the aromats out because you don't need them anymore. Out you go. Then you uh, put the pan yeah. into the oven and you top it with cheese, preferably Gruyere if you can get it. I think you can get Gruyere from most supermarkets now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you cook it in the oven one for about half an hour until it goes all brown and delicious. Oh. And uh, Bourdain, the late great Bourdain, suggested that you just let it rest for 10 to 15 minutes before you get stuck in. So it all settles and you don't have um, white napalm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's you'll burn too. your tongue. But well, it is uh, very much a sometimes food, but it's bloody delicious. What's it called again? Uh, it is called a gratin dauphinois. Gratin dauphinois uh, avec uh, Bourdain. Yeah.
Uh, you're one of the great dishes. It's time for a break. Are we going to do break music or just break? No, we're just going to do a break. All right, I'm going to go grab Danny Valant. Hey, you do that. Guys, stay there. Mm. Don't go anywhere because we've still got about, um, well, three quarters of an hour of food to uh, talk to you about. And Danny is awesome. So she's on next after this. Tim Thorpe. Oh. Oh. Hang on, let's get the right. You did that. Oh no! You see how your little cables hanging out the back there, Cameron? If you plug yeah. that in, there we go. Oh, I've come adrift. Ah. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, you are listening to Three Triple R FM. Edit is the name of the show. My name's Cam Smith. Across from me, I have Matt Steadman. Hello. E. Doing well, and we are delighted to bring to you out there, wherever you are or whatever time you're listening to this show, Danny Valland. Hello. Hi, Cam. Hi, Matt. Lovely to be here with you in the studio. I was so pleased when you said, because I thought we were just going to do a phone interview, and you went, no way, I'm brunching around, uh, brunching in Brunswick, I think you might have alluded to. Brunch is my jam on a Sunday, and I thought I could definitely coincide with, yeah, a bit of a Brunswick spin to the Triple R studio. Do you have a favourite jam? Like an actual jam? Yeah, like yeah. Actually, just when you said jam, I imagined a big jar of jam and I thought, which one would Daniel? Well, I'm a bit of a – I think sometimes I just really need kumquat marmalade with a lot of butter and on toasted Turkish bread. Yeah. Uh, the uh, our friends in Dalesford uh, that uh, distill Four Pillars – uh, do uh, ama- yes. Don't they do amazing marmalades? That gin marmalade yeah. with, the, with the spent oranges. Yeah, my God. Yeah, I love that. That has been very good. But um, uh, cafes has been a bit of um, one of the things you've been looking into uh, in your inquisitive nature in regard to food and the culinary arts. and Yeah. Well, so I often write about cafes in my Sunday Age mm. restaurant review column um, and I've also scouted out some great Melbourne cafes for the Good Food Guide, which was just released a couple of weeks ago. And um, there's a breakout of those those cafes, that cafe lift out will be the cover story in Good Food on Tuesday. So Tuesday, I thought it was a good time to chat about Melbourne cafes. They're such a part of us and, you know, places Mm. that we rely on and and that we love and that, you know, feed us and look after us. But I think also they're they're sites of real innovation and they show us a lot about what's going on in the food world generally. Yes. Well, you know, we've come a long way from just um, the big, big fat breakfast yeah, definitely. You and know. The, I think breakfast is one of those meals where people want what they want and sometimes you just mm. you know that you just want those those scramble with some bacon and some mushrooms, so that's fine. Cafes will oh, yeah, they okay. will always do that. But I think what I'm loving at the moment is how much creativity there is, how much um, different cuisines and cultures are coming into it as they do in restaurant food, Melbourne food generally. Like, you know, there's so much to celebrate in terms of multiculturalism and I'm loving seeing more and more of that in cafes. Yes, and... Uh... Um, do you want, are you able to give any away or talk about some of the innovations that you've been witnessing in regards to uh, what's on the plate in these cafes? Well, some of the stuff I've been loving so much recently, and in fact the subject of my Sunday Age review today is PBK noodles in Clayton. And it's an Indonesian noodle cafe. Um, Michael makes the noodles all fresh. They're absolutely delicious. But one of the things that I loved there the most was this upside-down coffee, which is served uh, fisherman-style, like the fishermen in, Ar- in Arche, um, northern Sumatra. Yes. Will, because the boats are a bit wobbly yes. and the wind is a bit 
stiff and frisk, frisky. Yes. They will. Um, so you could get crema all over your face if you're not careful. Well, yeah. So Normally. they have a brewed yeah. coffee and literally up, put a saucer on top of it and then upturn it, and then so you've got this upside down coffee with um, the liquid facing down into the saucer. And to drink it, you use a straw to blow it out and then slurp it up off the saucer. So it's probably a pretty hard one to describe in words. I think we're so I'm going to put a video on my Instagram later or a TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll TikTok it. TikTok the hell out of it. But yeah. um, I mean, I just love those. I love the fact that that, that is an absolutely transporting experience, which teaches you about culture. It makes you think about you know fishermen in, in seas close to us. Uh, yeah, and, and, but you can and, have it. You can just you can have it in Clayton. Like I just we're so lucky. Developing stuff through adversity and um, and also just. Uh, Someone putting their mind to the fact that, no, I really want coffee well, while I'm your, out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you need your coffee. It's, and it's just, just not negotiable. We will work out a way. Yes, I, that's so and, true. And someone came up with it. I also love the fact um, Vietnamese coffee where it is um, taking something, the idea of European coffee, the French bringing it over, and and then the Vietnamese going, no way, man. Well, we can't have just normal milk because it goes off really, really quick. And we haven't got the Arabica bean, but we can grow this Robusta. And we'll do it completely different. Yeah. And it's delightful. Yeah, I love it. And, um, yeah, sometimes, yeah, people will be like, no, I just need my latte and that's fine too. We'll always have that. But um, Mm. I think there are so many different things to explore. So where did you say this place was? PPK Cafe in Uh, Clayton Road? Yeah, PBK. PB. PBK. Clayton in general is just awesome. Like so much good food there. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Completely with you. There are some brilliant uh, restaurants. Uh, a couple of my favourite, Ping's Dumplings, um, is really, really good. There's also a place next to it, which I, is a little bit more uptown okay. in the way that it's been put together. But I only really go there for two things, and that's just give me fried dumplings and give me a serve of Gailan. Right. Well, you can also get really good dumplings at PBK and um, yes. he makes the skins there and they're translucent and <laughs> super delicious. Wow. But opposite there is, um, I guess, a bit of a holdout from what Clayton used to be when it was more of a European area. There's it was a Clay- Greek area, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. So Clayton Deli has been there, I think, since 1978 and it's Greek and Italian specialties. Yes. If you need to browse Panettone and choose between 12 different types for this Christmas, wow. then you can head there and... <laughs> They've also got really good lasagna and spanakopita that you can take home. Have you bought your panettone yet? Do you? Are you? A, oh, I'm assuming. Do you like panettone? I mean, I actually don't, but generally yeah, you'll end thing, up with uh, one. You'll end up with one at Christmas, and I think a summer pudding made with leftover panettone is actually the way to go. Took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that is one of the best uses for for a panettone. Matt, have you ever had? Uh, like a bread and butter pudding or a summer pudding made with panettone. I have not, but I've seen yeah, oh. I've seen recipes and it looks delicious. Because it is, it's just such a lovely light dough crumb. There's there's something very ethereal about it and and super aromatic. Yeah, I think maybe you, this one. I don't know if this is sacrilegious, but I'm just just off the top of my head. I'm thinking you could probably make a really nice tiramisu with it as well. Yeah, why not? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, no, the the coffee in that would would fit in very very well. So you say these um, uh, this article is coming out. It's going to be Tuesday lift out. Yeah, the one about um, cafes. Um, And I'm just wondering, are there there any others that really really struck you that you can give just give us a little preview, a little. 
taste sensation of? Yeah. Uh, well, Please? maybe there's so many. I could pick out any of them because I, I, they're only there because I love them. But mm. let's talk about Knox, N-O-X, in the city, mm. Little Latrobe Street, which is a really ace foodie strip. Yeah. Um, Knox is a kind of pan-Asian cafe oh, that's crap. open daytime but also night. Over Elizabeth? Are we over Elizabeth? Which side of Elizabeth like are we? It's the, like not, not the main arm, like the western side of Swanston. Yes. So between Swanston and Elizabeth. So yes. Little Latrobe only runs that block. Actually. Oh, yes. That's, so, a, that's a weird one too. That's where yeah. the bow place is too, isn't it? Anyway, There's I'm, a vegan I'm, place. Yep. You can get bow at Knox, but they, they yep. do bingsu at night, so shaved ice desserts at night um, with cute monster faces. It's very cute. <laughs> but in the day, actually, you can get them anytime. They do these ace – they're called airport lounge brunch sets. And they – so you can get a Singapore brunch set, Hong Kong brunch set, New York brunch, English English brunch, and they're on a tray and it's just got a, an array of things that you might get if you have brunch in one of those cities. Really? So it's as though you could you could travel to one of those cities. So it's like bento yes, airline yes, exactly. food type thing. Yeah. It puts your, put your tray forward and yeah. seat in the upright position, please. Yeah, but it's really high quality. Uh, what so a brilliant idea. Isn't it so good? So I had – I think I had – Hong Kong once and then they've got like French toast with condensed milk um, but also a bowl of noodles with some really nice char siu pork. Um, I think a bao in there as well. Mm. And then you can get all kinds of specialty coffee including a really crazy, um, what do they call it? Like It's like a, it's a butterfly, butterfly pea flower blue tea, but then you have a shot of espresso that you pour into it. What? But you don't actually pour it into the coffee. You pour it into the fairy floss that's sitting on top of your cup. So it's um, it's what? an ex- I know it's an experience. That sounds Cam, Cam, just yeah. so that I know you're already going to go there, but just to make yeah. it, just to seal it, yeah. they're also the place is also full of huge stuffed toy monsters that you can cuddle. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, Melbourne is the best. I have okay. I have such good fun exploring. I have to make sure I don't eat too many funny mushrooms before I go in there. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they're on a secret menu. Yeah, no. Anyway, no one's going to go there. But um, cuddly. So it's like Monsters Inc. You. Mm. It's a really cute place. It sounds really, really, really cute. And um, what about at home? Because I know that um, as well as going out into this fine city and the regions, of course, you love cooking at home. Have you been making use of the new produce? I have been. I think what I'm obsessed with at home at the moment is no waste. Mm. So I've really been... How's it going? It's it's a challenge, but I love mm. I love it, and I'm really um, opening up a lot. This um, food savers A to Z by um, the Sydney um, women who own Cornersmith. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a really amazing book. So it's just ordered by ingredients. So A to Z of ingredients. And if you've got like a floppy carrot or an eggplant that's looking a bit sad, um, or some leftover roast lamb or whatever, mm. you can just look it up in that book, and it'll give you a million ideas of what to do with it. Really. So I had an iceberg lettuce that was looking a little bit sad. Limp. Um, and there was a there was an idea to put it like to make a lettuce soup, but then. I I, need, I I wanted to make a pumpkin soup, so I just put lettuce in my pumpkin soup, and it was great. Why not? Yeah. So Why not? that's sort of my focus at the moment so is trying to you, use everything up. Did you chop up the lettuce and and put it in? Yeah, I chopped it up and then I blended it through. So you didn't know it was lettuce in there, but I knew that mm. I wasn't putting that lettuce in the compost or the bin. Um, mm. uh, we were using. Gee, it. you know what? You've just could you indulge me for two secs? 
Always. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I remember a million years ago I worked at the Intercontinental in Sydney and we once made a cream of lettuce soup and it was a really, really delightful chicken stock base. Yeah. And so it was... The work that was done was done on that stock to make it absolutely delicious, right? And then in the very end, we put in – we uh, actually was a, a, a Singapore chef who I was sort of working next to. He put in a whole bunch of chiffonade of lettuce and then an egg liaison, right? So just bring it up so it's like a custard. You just want to thicken the egg so then it coated the back of a spoon. And to this huge pot, he put in – about a cap full of perno. Ah. It was just the tiniest amount, but it made it oh, so special. So, uh, yeah, so you can use lettuce for, yeah. for good. Well, lettuce soup has is a, you know, a, a proud French tradition, but mm. I think this idea of putting it in all kinds of different things was, yeah, a bit of a revelation to me. Yes. Yeah, well, that um, sounds... What's the name of this book again that we can look so uh, we can... Food, food Savers A to Z. Food Savers A to Z. Is that um, available Yeah, yeah, it's in, it's in all the bookshops. Great Christmas present. Um, yeah, I think it's really good. Um, do you want me to tell you about one other cafe that's on that same theme? Why would we... Of course. Okay, so it was last week's review and it's a really fantastic place called Cassette in Kensington. Oh, yes. And Cassette's at the base of an apartment building that's got a whole lot of, you know, great social values, social and environmental values. And um, Chef Laura Bolton at Cassette, the first principle of that kitchen is no waste. So everything that comes in comes in with the idea of using it. So even things like, you know, you sort of have to season the coffee grinder at the start of the day, you get some coffee grounds that aren't going into a coffee mm. she buries whole eggs in those and then the eggs are sort of seasoned with coffee so when you fry an egg to have with your um with your bacon it's got a little bit of a coffee tinge to it is that nice yeah it's great it's really <laughs> good <laughs> it seems like a, a, an obvious question to ask so that's a, that's a good thing right it's a good thing. Coffee, coffee flavored eggs. Well, just gently seasoned. Just a little bit. Yeah, okay. and just to not waste any of those ingredients. Yeah, okay. Um, Danny, um, marvelous that you're out and about and uh, eating for us and uh, just blazing that trail. Uh, these articles will be out, especially the the one we're talking about, which will be in Tuesday's Age. Yep. To have a look at. Um, Danny, can you come back maybe closer towards um, Christmas, which is beating down upon us? Maybe to talk a little bit about Christmas dinner and how to make it less stressful. Absolutely, I'd love to. That'd be great. And, uh, and where are you going out for brunch now? Well, I've just been actually. I went to Lankan Tucker in yes. West Brunswick, and I'm going to write about it for in a couple of weeks. It was really good. Okay. Yeah, Sri Lankan's been on brunch. Lovely. Lovely. Danny, as always, just an absolute delight to see you. Thank you for taking the time to come and join us. It was an absolute pleasure. Maddie, what are we doing? Uh, a bit some of music? music. We wandered into Triple R today and I saw a poster for Sampa the Great on the side of the building. Yes. Upcoming Giga Hamer Hall in December. So I thought, yes. let's give this a spin. Because uh, it's out and uh, it's good. Yeah. You're on Triple R. It, it is the name. We'll be back with John. At the market. Morning, John. Good morning, Cameron. How are you? I am um, I'm a little bit tired, actually. It was a big night last night, so, uh, yeah, I stayed up kind of late uh, with uh, things that uh, 
that happened, the occurrences, shall we say. But uh, are you well? I am very well. I would have liked to have slept a little bit better last night, but mm. life's good. Yes. And now after sunshine, you haven't performed your magic trick. There's no sunshine yet. I know. But I it's know. still pleasant. It's not cold. It's not hot. It's not windy. It's, it's not, not raining. It's, it's beautiful. It's not too bad. It's in that beautiful middle zone. Um, <clears throat> now, you've been very busy this morning. It seems yes. that uh, business is brisk. So we've got a little window to talk, so we may as well just yes. jump right into it. First of all, I'd like to say I've, some of the biggest, nicest artichokes I've seen in your store are happening at the moment. You should just uh, acknowledge that. Definitely. They're, they're double the size of a, a cricket ball, like an ostrich egg. Mm. I think we've all seen ostrich eggs and emu eggs. Bigger than that. Yep. Uh, and I'll, I'll compliment you too as well. Oh. You've shown me... A beautiful photo of your Otaketi dinner last night. It looks magnificent. Gone, gone the full wog. Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, lots of the, the water in there to emulsify it all together. A little bit of chilli just to think that I'm in the south. Um, and then I bastardised it because <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an Aussie and, and threw parmesan all over it. So Yeah, look, there are no rules, you know. No, no. No, we, we made pasta, uh, fresh sauce... Mm. Um, and uh, prawns. Yes. And I'm putting a cheese on, and they tell me, you don't put cheese on seafood. Well, it's my plate, my food, I do what I want. Oh, I love as it. As long as you don't get too stupid, like sticking chocolate on roasts and things like that. Well, it's, <laughs> it, 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 I, I think that has been done in the past. Um, but uh, one <laughs> thing that me. did go into that oriketti, which was beautiful, and you have got some amazing stuff, the fresh garlic is in. This is a French variety. It's Got a magenta hue, so we call it the pink, red, garlic, whatever. Uh, this is fresh out of the ground at Werribee. doesn't sound very French. <laughs> I think it's been um, called Josephine yeah, or maybe. Madeleine. Um, and you can see it's really vibrant, young oh, yeah. and, and succulent. You know, it and just says, eat me, even if you don't fancy a lot of garlic. And you can just you know, peel you'll put it more, away. Yeah, you peel it away. Easy work. Mm. Um People have been buying two or three. I say put two in the fridge, one on a bench. Use the first one. Right. Use the green bit first on top because um, this strap in the middle, they even import it from China. That's how good it is. Yes. So it's worth eating. Yes. Uh, and it goes everywhere. It goes with fish. It goes with steak. It goes yeah, even in a, a fresh salad. You can chop the garlic through if you're a good Italian. So you're saying um, keep the fresh garlic in the fridge? Yeah, if you've got more than one head, gotcha. keep it in the fridge so it doesn't dry out too quick. Oh. And that way you've got nice, succulent, juicy, whatever you want to call it, and, garlic. And easy to peel. How much are these? Uh, the big ones we've been selling, five, four dollars, smaller, yeah. three for ten, a little bit smaller. Lovely. A uh, lot of value in it because, like I said, you get a two-for-one deal with a strap. Yep. Uh, I pulled out one of your broad beans. This would have to be the, the last Yes, of them. as yeah. you see, there's um, a little bit of what we call rust, which is the black spots on the outside of the skin. Mm. The broad beans are still beautiful inside. They're, they're nice and big and juicy and sweet. Yeah, we're sort of we're going to have to wave them goodbye, I suppose. But they've been good while they've been here. And, oh, definitely. Uh, and we we had a big feed. And they make our spring a little bit better too. That, that's right. Uh, you've All pulled right. out some bullhorn peppers, which yes. are a little bit like a, um, a capsicum related to that. Um, but uh, elongated. Like, like a banana chilli. Some people call them banana chilies. These are bullhorns. Very sweet. Very sweet. A little bit thicker, a little bit sweeter than a normal capsicum and, and that. Mm. Now, these are a little bit wrinkled. I pulled these out on purpose just to show you. Uh, if you're going to grill, it's always better to use an older capsicum. 
one that's wrinkled because it doesn't burn and sparkle, mm. and they're easy to peel. If you use a young one, mm. um, it's got a lot of uh, moisture in it. Yeah, and the and skin hangs on. The skin hangs on. They don't cook through. Mm. There's more acid in them as well. Mm. Um, it's the same as how you say, um, uh, especially with eggplant, that um, the softer ones are actually uh, uh, better, aren't they? Definitely. Uh, the hard ones, um, especially the ones grown in a glass house, mm. uh, can be very, very hard and seedy and bitter. Mm. Um, with the field crop, um, the first ones are always hard. They're not bad. The second pick on them, the second week, they're ripening up a little bit more. Uh, if they've gone a little bit soft, even if they're two weeks old sitting in a cupboard, which is what we do rather than put them in the fridge, right. they cook up a treat. Ooh. They really do. Okay. So soft is better. Yes. A little bit of give. Yes. And if they're really old and ugly, it doesn't matter. They still fry up beautiful. Yeah, don't they want? Uh, now, you want to, this place is called Tomato City, as people will know over the years. Uh, you've brought out um, a rouge... Um, the chocolate one, that one. Yeah. This one is um, looks like the old Adelaide tomato, got wrinkles. Yes. Uh, this is a chocolate one. It's got a brownie red hue. Yep. Very, very sweet. This is an ugly one. It's got little cracks in it, but you can still deal with that. Mm. And then we've got a, a Rouge de Marmont. This one went crazy as well. It's got a little knob growing out of the top, which is unusual. But, you know, look at the intensity of that colour, Cam. Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, uh, it just says, eat me. Um, and what thin colour skin, we got here? Uh, red. red. Red going towards orange? Yes, maybe? yes, yeah. yes. Uh, thin skin, more juice, not too many seeds. Mm. Uh, and then we've got our Murray Bridge now. This variety is really, really nice. It's a crunchy variety. Um, when you cut it in half, it's full coloured red, even though it's very, very firm. Mm. Makes a beautiful sandwich. Yes. Won't drip all over the place. Yep. Um, beautiful in a um, salad, um, even very quick in a pan with an egg is beautiful as well. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, and if you do, um, if you do come see John, he will interrogate you about. Uh, well, what do you want to use them for? Because uh, you gave a whole bunch of these to a guy, and I think he said to him, "What are you doing with these?" And he went, "I'm making sauce." And you went, "Well, no, you're wasting your money." You said, and then you gave him some romas. I gave him some romas. Yeah. Uh, it was a disservice to the tomato as well because yeah. that tomato needed to be in a beautiful salad. Yeah. Uh, and at eighteen dollars a kilo, you'd have to make the best salad. Yeah. I uh, sold him some romas for six dollars a kilo, which he was going to cook with his rabbit. Yes. Um, and the the sweetness and the juice of the beautiful Roma will complement the rabbit meat as well. Mm. So, you know, every tomato's got a job, yeah. and my yeah. job to find out what, what you want to do well, with they're it. They're going to pay you up. You're like the, match, the well, tomato you know, matchmaker. They do it with wines. Not mm. with, why not with tomatoes, you know? You don't want to cook an acidy tomato um, no. unless you've got something that you really uh, need to enhance something else with. I saw an interesting recipe the other day, which I've never done, uh, where you get uh, sort of like a Napoli... Thick Napoli, more like a puree, um, flavoured up with good onion, you know, garlic, you know, that sort of thing, good, some good basil. Uh, and then you have it in a sort in a frying pan, and then you put eggs in there and poach the eggs in that, and they're called eggs in purgatory. 
Yes, that's right. That's a Monday morning treat with some beautiful uh, toasted ciabatta or olive bread. Yeah. And um, sometimes in the olden days we used to put a little bit of mozzarella in and that would melt through the tomato and the egg as well. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, or uh, these days we get trendy, we throw the bocconcini in. Oh, the bocconcini. (laughs) I thought you were going to talk about goat's cheese. (laughs) No, no, no. That's one one bridge too (laughs) far for you, I know. Well, not really, but uh, the bocconcini or the mozzarella work beautiful. So, oh, I think you, know. you just like to, to tease me about goat's cheese every now and then. Uh, quick look at fruit. Cherries have started to yeah, come still in. Still haven't had a bite. No, neither have I. Um, uh, I've had a, had a bit of first KP. You've had a few trays. I, I had the um, far north Queensland uh, KPs. That's, uh, that's mangoes and, yeah, and Kensington and, Pride, um, sorry. The other day one of my mates gave me a, a tray of R2E2. So you never so know when someone's giving you something. And I must admit, they didn't taste like kerosene. They weren't as sweet as a Kensington. Mm. And yesterday we got a tray of small Kensingtons, new season from further down south, still in Queensland. Yeah. Um, and even though they weren't right bright, we still ate two and they were gorgeous. Yeah. You know, the, the aroma, the sugar and uh, the intensity of the flavours there. Well, that so, sounds you know, good. get out and have a look. There's a lot of ripe ones out there. Yeah. Better to eat them ripe. Plenty of bananas, still an abundance of citrus. Look at all the apples over there. That's gorgeous. I'm going to take some home, yeah. um, some gra- grannies, and ask for an apple pie. So oh, we'll see how that works. Nice idea. Um, um, I'm also noticing pawpaw is quite uh, a good price at the moment. Yeah, there's <coughs> green pawpaw, there's ripe ones. Uh, I think I saw a lychee on um, oh, as well. I, yeah, really haven't so, seen any of them. You know, uh, we, we're getting tropical stuff. Peaches and that are just starting to be good enough to eat. Yeah, wait for it a little um, bit more, I reckon. They're about seven bucks, which is not really dear, but yeah. if the flavour's not right, it's not right. So, see, have a look at what you've got. Yeah. Um, still plenty of pears and stuff. All the Asian veggies are there. Um, our peas and beans improved and they ran away. We sold out yesterday, peas and beans. Mm. Um, I see passion fruit. Are, passion uh, fruit is still going. Not really. $3.50 each. That's, are they? I yeah. thought I saw them cheap. Yeah, see, three fifty each. No, 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 no. no. That's, yeah. that's the strawberries. I think they're thirty each. Okay. Oh, yeah, $1.30. Yeah, yeah. Still, that's up there. Yeah, Considering yeah. what, they were six for two bucks a few weeks ago? Oh, they were great, yeah. We, yeah. Were, we were saying make drinks, make icing, yeah. all that stuff. Pick of the market, John. Pick of the market, get an artichoke. If you're scared of them, yeah. Google it. You'll get it right. If you don't get it right first time, you'll get it right second time. Mm. Um, we've got beautiful cucumbers that come out of South Australia to complement our tomatoes. We got nice frilly lettuce. We got butter lettuce. You got lots of little radicchio. Uh, we got some little radicchio. It's a little bit expensive, but you only need a little bit in the salad. Mm. A lady said to me, she bought three big ones. She said, "I'm going to make the biggest risotto you've ever seen." Woo. Look out! So as usual, come walk around, take in the colours, take in the different varieties, mm. decide what you want to eat for the weekend, and go for it. See what sings to you. Definitely done. John, thank you as always. Have a beautiful week. Oh, shall. Thank you. We need to have more clavinet and rock and roll, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, Stevie did Stevie it well. Stevie did his bit, yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. Duncan Buchanan does it well. And he's on the blower and he's here right now. Duncan Buchanan, a very, very good afternoon to you, buddy. Good afternoon to you, Cam Smith and Matt Stedman <sighs> and all those listeners. Cam, mm. all the years we've been doing radio together, I, it never ceases to amaze me how much we have in common. Yes. And oh, today, yeah. the thing that we have in common yes. is a hangover. Oh, you too. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I achieved you know, hangoverness. Oh, you, I don't know what it was about yesterday. It was um, I don't know. It was something a in the day air. For a, yeah, it's perfect day for a whoops a duffer, and um, we yeah. no, I... invited some invited some mates over for bar and me, and one turned up with a bastard of a thirst on her. She was so was thirsty. Wow. Yeah, so I'm looking. I'm looking at you, Kate Luddy. Your fault. Oh wow! The house has been laid flat by that woman. Yeah, yeah and, and really. Yeah. Named so, and shamed yes. on air on yeah. on community radio. Yeah, well, you, you remember where you were at twelve forty nine here on that Sunday, uh, and uh, but I was very impressed when you said that you made your own bone meme. I didn't. Lucy did. Uh, she did. The well, it was good. That, that the, and this is the, the really good fun thing about eating with friends is get them involved. Yeah. So everyone turns up, we sit them around the kit where everybody congr- Do congregates in the kitchen. Yeah, here you go. Yeah. Here's your roll, here's your pate, here's your chicken, here's all the stuff. Make yourself a barn meat Nickel. before you fall <laughs> before you fall off. Yeah, fall and, off and don't drunk. Think, and don't forget to eat people. <laughs> exactly. Eat something. But it was um yeah, a very, very nice way to spend the hour, I must admit. But uh we're yeah. all suffering a little bit today, so So here we are. So uh Hair of the dog that bit you, but uh, um, oh, I... that's a, that, actually now that's a good, that's a very good point. We have got oh. enough food to do it all over again. Oh, that's good! Easy. Come on, all right. We'll take, we'll take... God, and <laughs> most of us have to wait for Boxing Day before we can have that sort of thing. Oh, you know, the fridge full of uh, very, very yummy uh, leftovers. Word of the yeah. day today is inflorescence. Yes, which is what I'm the hell does that inflorescence. mean? Okay, it's a flower before it's a flower. Simply, it's a flower simply. before it's a... Do you get that, Matt? I'm writing it down. Yes. So, so what happens with many plants, and, you know, we normally talk about grapevines, but this will mm-hmm. come across, come across many, uh, most plants that do flower. Before it actually flowers, it's known as an inflorescence. So a caper is an inflorescence. I don't know, Cam. Well, it's an, it's an unopened flower, so... Oh, there you go. Yeah, that would be part of an inflorescence. Yeah, I guess. yeah. yeah for sure. Um, Pass me those a, vinegar inflorescences, please. Yeah, no, just stick with Cam. Then someone just smack you in the head and you deserve <laughs> it. So, a flower before it's a flower, and in regard to a grape... It's a, it's a very, very... They flower... It's a very short period of time when grapevines actually flower. It's a, it might be a couple mm. of weeks if, if the weather's good. But it's a very difficult time, which should be around now. We and, they're, be and they're very small, are they not? Tiny, tiny. Yeah, tiny, yeah. Tiny, so, see, I, I've been able to uh, – uh, the place I'm, I'm uh, at at the moment uh, has a grapevine out the front, and I got really, yep. really excited because for the very first time it yep. had put on a couple um, uh, little branches of Budlets, there you go, or, yep. or inflorescen- yep. inflorescences. And yep. um, I got very, very excited about this. But uh, having been to Thorpedale over the weekend for Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, I ran into Bill Downey, who oh, yeah. makes obviously, you know, some pretty good wine. And he, does. And and he has like. been saying, and oh, a lovely human being, but yeah. he's said, and this mirrors the plight of um, winemakers around the country during uh, a La Nina event is that um, there's not enough sun, there's not enough warmth, no, and uh, no, no. it's not no, good. A- Tell us about the, the – extrapolate on that if you could. Well, essentially, during this flowering period, which should be around, give or take, should be around, you know, around November, most most regions, mm. you need fairly stable, yep. fairly dry, fairly calm conditions. And I don't know whether you've noticed or not, yeah. but it, it has been wet and it has been windy. So this will yeah. affect 
Grapevines what have what they call perfect flowers, which means they can pollinate themselves. They don't need other plants around to help ooh, them pollinate. Oh, aren't they clever? Yeah, they are clever. But this, the fact still remains: you need that little bit of pollen to land on the inflorescence, and it grows down and fertilizes the fertilizes the berry, and then, then grows into a grape. Hmm. Now, if that bit of pollen gets blown off by wind or washed off by rain, oh, it won't happen. No. So, and that's we've had a bit of a perfect storm this year. It has been, oh man, it's been hard, hard work. It's um, because you've got uh, around that time too, you've got very your, your vines are very they're kind of fragile, they're a bit tender, so they can, yeah, they haven't quite, hardened up properly no, no, yet, have they? No, they're, they're quite susceptible to the to disease. So, mm. you know, uh, if you regardless of the spray program, you're running be it organics or be it systemics, that you still need to get your tractor. Out into the into the vineyard to oh, spray your vines. Yeah, mate. And you can't. It's just. But what happens if it's all bloody wet and you can't? I mean, you were saying to me, tractor. You were yeah, yeah. you were saying you couldn't even walk into a paddock, or some bloke who couldn't because he'd just yeah, go chatting, lose his gumboots. Exactly, chatting with a grower the other day up in Bendigo, and the, the other day this is a month ago, hmm. and um, over a month ago, and I just said, you know, can you get your tractor in the paddock? He said, mate, I can't get my feet in the paddock at the moment. He said yeah. he'll disappear down to his ankles. Yeah, because it's that wet. And he's just. He's written the season off already. He's just like, I'm not getting any fruit this season. I'm like, what? He goes, I can't. Can when? I mean, to give you a snapshot of how much rain we've had, mm. we've had in October. Typically, the long-term averages October in Melbourne, mm. uh, you're looking about sixty-five to seventy mils for the whole for the for the entire month. Sixty-five to seventy mil. Okay, I can mil imagine that. Yep. Okay, yep. so that's that's just good steady uh, spring rainfall. Mm. Um, we've had 147 in Melbourne, and that's not it. And that's not the worst of it. You know, you look at yeah. further north, and the thing is, once the soils are so saturated. You know, we have flooding, that sort of stuff, but which is an absolute disaster. But from a plant's point of view, you need air in the soil in order for the plant to operate. Well, yeah, and, soil, and also for the microbials to exactly. to so exactly. that you get um, the the soil is alive. Exactly, and that's it. It's, right. You know, it's it's um it's a living, breathing thing. Your soil, and people are paying a lot of attention to to soil, making sure their soil health mm. is good. But when it's just waterlogged, it's drowned, and there's none of those um uh, microbes. Yeah, ha- ha- none of those interactions will happen um in the soil, and it's so it makes it very hard and. Of course, you've got to get out and spray, so that adds the soil compaction, and it's just it's a, it's looking hmm. to be a very very challenging season so far. And and to give you an idea of the amount of water that has fallen, I was chatting with another grower in the King Valley the other day who had done some work up around Bell Reynolds, like up kind of around Swan Hill sort of area, mm-hmm. and uh, he was saying that the it's so wet up there that the in inverted commas the Murray River there is twenty two kilometres wide. Because just spilled out over the banks and it goes twenty two k's in either direction, either side of the uh, either side of the river. Matt it's and just I like... just gave ourselves a, a very like we we groundhog that one. We uh, both our eyes came up because uh, I have to actually say uh, you are giving great words of wisdom because uh, Matt Stedman has been writing furiously as you speak. So you're, you're <laughs> obviously going... coming up with the goods. He's got his crayon and his sketch paper out. And he he uh, has. <laughs> well, he's, he's he's graduated from the etcher sketch. Good. He's he's got rid of that a few but, years but, ago. But Go on. It is just a, it's just so a, twenty-two kilometres across the Murray River. That's just. Yeah. And, and when I when I say, I mean, it, it's no longer becomes a river. It's just a flood. That's just you know being a bit facetious by saying that that's still a river. Mm. But that's the level of water. But the, the thing, it's got to. 
there's still rain. I mean, you know, it rained last night. It rained this morning, and it's there's still so much more rain. It's this La Nina pattern that we're involved in, hmm. and it's um yeah I um yeah it's, it, you just see little things like you know wine wine making positions being advertised for the upcoming vintage, hmm. then all of a sudden they say this wine making position isn't available anymore, and I'm wondering whether oh. people are just going hang on. We yeah, won't need right. that winemaker because we won't have the fruit coming in. Now, yeah. this is me just thinking out loud, but it's a... Uh, yeah, because you know, if we can get back to our word of the day, inflorescence, that um, yep. that happens, uh, one of the things that if you do... This is something I know, and I'm going to get the term wrong, so get ready to oh. correct me. Um, oh, yes. If you do get um, lack of light and uh, too much moisture, you get some berry production and then yep. and then you get other berry production that happens a little bit later on and yep. this is called hen and egg oh chicken and egg. Hen, hen and chicken hen and chicken a, bang yes and so, that's so you where have, you get bunches where you get some that are able to be uh, harvested for vintage but then yep. you got other ones which are just completely immature and the, just muddy up everything else, I would imagine. Very, yeah, very true. I can. We had this in twenty twenty, I reckon it was. Yeah. Where you end up with um, you end up with uh, ripe and unripe berries on the same bunch. Yeah. And unless you've got access to an, a huge amount of human resources that can go through and just pick them out, oh. you're condemned to just pick the entire bunch and ferment the entire bunch. And you can, you, like, you can make some good wines out of it, but they mm. sometimes end up being a little bit sweet and sour because you've got the um, the wines just taste a bit sweet and sour. That that will come through because one's got good. Bomay in, indeed, which we mm-hmm. call sugar production, which is a yep, measure of yep. sugar, and yep. others that uh, oh, Bomay ain't got no Bomay, no nothing. Yeah. The mm. one, that, the one good thing, though, the one positive that I will spill out, spin out of this is, if the weather patterns stay the way that they think they will, it will be cool right the way through. And this is purely from a viticultural point of view. Mm. If they do stay cool, the small the crops that we will have on there will ripen slowly, and that's what we want. I reckon I say this yeah. is that every time I jump on there with you guys, mm. the the varieties that you know we tend to make in southern Victoria and a lot of Victoria, they produce they like to ripen more slow. They like the sugars to accumulate more slowly because that gives the flavours time to accumulate too. Yes. So if we end up with small crops and some cooler weather, mm. it could. It could work out well, but you know, you just got to be the eternal optimist. It's a, it's a, it's a little bit, it's a bit frustrating because you're just at the mercy of the weather. Mm. But um, you just got to remain the eternal optimist because you know what else you got? You know, it's, it's agriculture. You just got to play the weather for all it's worth. Well, otherwise you'd never get out of bed. Well, Duncan, the great news is you can just walk up to the fridge and. Uh Pull out some of that uh, mise en place and just uh, put I yourself. I may have already done that, Cam. I may have already done that. And uh, and in the uh, well, we'll give you another fifteen twenty seconds. Uh, what wine or what are you drinking with it? Ah, uh, Cooper's Pale. Good. <laughs> nice idea. Thank God they're not. We were talking about Cooper's Red and how that's just. That's too strong now. Exactly. Debilitating. Can't do that. Oh, but, um, we should have a quick chat. We should have a quick before you guys go off air about um, some of, about Christmas drinks. What people can be doing because winemakers need it. We all need you to be buying some of the local produce, and you can do very well on the Christmas table without leaving Victoria. Done. Well, we will we'll think of that, and maybe we'll give you uh, a longer time to mention that next time we see you, which could be in a, a couple of weeks' time. How does that sound, okay. Duncan? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks, guys. Love your work. Love you. Um, love enjoy you, your, Yeah, enjoy your bum me. Uh, yeah. Matt Stedman. Cameron Smith. You rock. You do too. Oh, my God, you rock. And uh, who Stay else tuned. rocks? Alex is up next. Alex rocks. He's ready to rock. <laughs> 
Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.